it's still just the preseason, to be sure. We still saw a whole lot more from quarterbacks who won't be playing for the Chiefs very much in 2023 than we did see of the quarterback who really matters. But, if you're the type of person to be ready to tune in to a little preseason postgame, well, we're still the place for you because it's the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I am Joshua Briscoe. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass. Covell Hudson producing the effort as well. The Chiefs in with a little bit of a better vibe in the second preseason game than they did in the first. If you want to call in and talk about it, in fact, we'll try to squeeze in some calls right off the top. If you hustle, 913-3810-810 will bring you what I imagine will be a very truncated appearance at the press conference podium for the Kansas City Chiefs. It was truncated last week, and that game started at noon on the road. Uh, tonight, the Chiefs go final in Arizona as the, the clock strikes 10 central time. And uh, I imagine we will probably hear once again from Shane Bouchelle. Uh He spoke in place of Mahomes last week. Maybe we get to hear from Mahomes today. Maybe they save him for the regular season. I do think we have most likely seen the very last of the first team offense. We also saw a little bit of Shane Bouchelle with the first team offense, which was kind of interesting. And it wasn't because uh, Blaine Gabbert couldn't hold his own. He had a nice day in his own right. In fact, all four quarterbacks ended up putting up nice performances. That's all well and good, but what actually matters from what we saw from the Chiefs? The the drive that looked enough like the Chiefs' offense to get you through until the Detroit Lions come to town, that drive to me is the thing that matters most out of this game as it's always difficult enough to judge what what matters and what doesn't in a preseason game, it's even harder when you're the team that just won the Super Bowl and are the odds-on Super Bowl favorite again this upcoming year, and you're going up against a team that I believe is still the odds-on favorite to have the worst record in football. You don't want to overreact, and you, you don't want to overemphasize the wrong things, but the, the Chiefs went out there offensively, had two disappointing drives, and then on the third, after a three and out, and then what was it, a five and out or something? It's not not much to write home about. That third drive for the Chiefs offense looked like the Chiefs offense, and I think it will probably have to be your last memory of Patrick Mahomes until the Detroit Lions arrive at Arrowhead. I, I don't think there's any reason for him to play next week. I don't think there's any reason for most of the starters to play next week. But But that right there, that's the snapshot you can take with you. As the game went on, I did think it was interesting to to consider when you are talking about the best and worst of NFL football, it's not just the starters who will show you the space and the, the gap of talent. The Chiefs' depth, and this was true against the Saints in large part also, which is certainly a good thing. The Chiefs' depth as a roster really outshines lesser teams, lesser opponents, just as the starters did. The one overwhelmingly positive thing, though, that at first was paired with something that concerned me. But the one overwhelming thing that I think you should feel great about is that for the second preseason game in a row, the Chiefs' new and in large part unknown starting tackles have looked excellent. Really, really solid. We have high expectations, high hopes for the interior. There's nothing new there. But when the Chiefs landed on it being Donovan Smith as the solution at left tackle, that 
I I was willing to hear out the experiment. I understood where the logic was coming from. I'm always down to hey, get as many as many potential bodies as you can into these spots before training camp because then over the course of training camp you can figure out where your answer is, right? Bring in Juwan Taylor who you think could play left side or right side. Draft Wanya Morris. Now he's in the mix. How do you feel about Lucas Niang? Where does Prince Tega Wanogo fit in the in the rotation? And you bring in a guy who has been a good starting left tackle for many, many years. But last year struggled with injuries. Hurt early, hurt often. Worst year of his career, not even a question. To me, that's a a fair bet, a fair gamble to make to say, hey, we're going to give him the chance to take this job over. And I think if Donovan Smith would have looked terrible in training camp or or had a terrible preseason at this point, hopefully they would have known by then, but... If it would have been ugly for him early on in camp, we might be talking about Wanya Morris starting left tackle. We might be talking about Prince Tegawanogo and Lucas Niang competing for a job that right now they're kind of competing for, I think, a job four or five in terms of the tackle rotation. But point being, the Chiefs threw numbers on it, I think made some totally reasonable bets, and... I can't say that the bets have all paid off. I can't tell you that this is going to look just as good in in December, January, and Lord hopes February. But right now, through two preseason games, it's looked good. Mahomes has had time. The thing that was concerning, the first couple of drives, is that I was beginning to have the thought of, oh boy, I hope I don't feel this way very often come regular season time. Mahomes has all day to throw the football and apparently nowhere to go with it. That's like the nightmare scenario of investing in your offensive line over and over and over and really bulking that up and then saying, okay, well, if Mahomes has time, the receivers will eventually figure it out. They will eventually get open because it's really hard to cover NFL caliber pass catchers for any time at all. The way that backfires is if those guys still don't get open, even with a little extra time to work. I I don't think that that will be something that curses this entire Chiefs season, but I thought about it through those first couple of drives. Mahomes has time, but nowhere to go with the ball. Oh, dear. Adjust a little bit to drive number three when it comes together. And there's a lot of... I want to talk about the running backs today at some point because I think we're seeing something interesting happen. I think LaMichael P. Ryan might be a real name to keep in mind. I think Daenerik Prince might be unknown still. In terms of like his spot on the roster, it felt like he was absolutely locked in. Now I'm wondering a little more just by how they got used today. And even with the Rasheed Rice drop earlier, you get the offensive line working for you. You get Patrick Mahomes moving the sticks with Sky Moore. You get a couple of nice reps with Clyde on the ground through the air. You see Mahomes go back to Rasheed Rice and then pick up a first down with Justin Ross. And then you get the Marquez Valdez-Scantling reception that at least for for me, Dylan, and Covell sitting in here and talking through the game, that reception for me sparked the conversation of, wouldn't it be funny if... MVS just went for like a thousand yards this year and we and no one ever talked about it leading up into the season. 
And it's because there is some inconsistency, right? We saw Mahomes miss him, or those guys at least not be on the exact same page a few times last year. And when you are doing, in large part, big chunk plays a couple times a game, that's the attempt, as opposed to, you can run an offense through this guy, your expectations might diminish a little bit. But the idea of MVS having an enormous year as the most reliable option, I do think is worth entertaining as we have been very much reasonably distracted by the new shiny things in the offense. Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross, Richie James, even year two, Sky Moore, all of that, and, and certainly Kadarius Tony. whenever those, uh, whenever the, the tarp comes off of that Corvette. But all of those guys have been a little more interesting, a little more exciting, has had a little more sparkle to their analysis. MVS, just kind of MVS still, and that's going to be really important this year. And then as the ball continues to get spread around, it's Justin Watson working back with Mahomes for the touchdown in a very Justin Watson moment. Hey man, run fast, be on the same page as Mahomes, you know where the ball can get to, you get to that spot, he's going to get you six points, Kansas City. That, That drive, while imperfect, and while... Not not an overwhelming, ah, yes, this is the, the rocket ship of an offense that, that we've been waiting to see. Super vanilla, still in the preseason. Also, that pass from uh, Mahomes to Kelsey back on that second drive. That, was, that, that felt vintage. But you saw enough in that third drive, and Andy Reid saw enough to say, all right, put you back on ice. We, we'll see you maybe next week. But I think in all likelihood, when the Detroit Lions come to town. Again, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. Uh, I am Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, on the other side of the Glasgowville Hudson, producing the show as well. Brought to you by Central Bank of the Midwest. At Central Bank of the Midwest, every customer is a first-round draft pick. First-round draft pick. Why did I say that so difficultly? I don't know. It's the preseason for me, too. Uh, but it's not the preseason for Central Bank of the Midwest. Strong roots, endless possibilities, member FDIC. We'll hit the phones here real quick before we eventually hear from, I presume, Andy Reid and a quarterback at some point over the course of the pressers there in Arizona. If anyone else speaks, we'll bring you them as well. But we'll start here with Kyle. Kyle, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Kyle? Gosh, it's nice to talk to you again. And again, it's a nice, uh, man, I'm glad it's back to football season. I, I feel like everything is kind of, I'm just kind of really happy and excited. Me too, man. Um, Good to hear from you. Um, I would I was going to mention three points, but man, uh, you talked about, I, I want to make four points now. And you talked about something I didn't even notice in the game, the wide receivers until you, until you mentioned the wide receivers. There was something I noticed in the game today that, uh, that if you, if, if you had touched on it uh, about the wide receivers, I don't think I would have talked about it, but I saw on one of the drives, I can't remember if it was the first drive or the second drive, Josh, but I noticed in one of the part of the drives, it was, I think, on a third down where Mahomes threw the ball out of bounds. Yes, yes, yes. And then I noticed afterwards, he was pointing to his, he was pointing to his wide receiver and acting like, come back to me, yeah. or he was yelling at his wide receiver, come back to me. I wonder if that is something, if we got to be concerned about, Josh, is that these wide receivers, like these young wide receivers, uh, and Valdez Scantling, who's a veteran who should know by now, 
if if they are not on the same page, mm-hmm. then there is some concerning about uh, about this upcoming season because it. I mean, obviously it's preseason. There's nothing to freak out about because you like you said, vanilla plays. But these wide receivers, when it comes to the regular season, Josh, this is gonna. It's gonna be this thing is. This is where the regular season counts, and this. And teams are going to be coming after the Chiefs, not just Detroit, but there's going to, you've got teams like Cincinnati, the Bills, uh, I can name every go on and on, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders. Everybody's going to be wanting the Chiefs' number this year. Yep. And this is when the team, the wide receivers, have got to step up and know that playbook. Sorry to ramble on with that. You're Josh. good. But the second point I want to make here is, is the defense. Uh, real quick. It seems like we're not – the first screen, again, is not getting to the quarterback. Now, yet again, vanilla plays preseason. But Chris Jones, you can definitely tell that without that Chris Jones presence, it's it's looking really kind of like, man, we need that. We need that. Because yeah. when they're blitzing, they're, we're not getting pressure even on blitzes. And that's going to be – that's concerning going into the regular season is the defense not getting off the field. Uh, my third point that I want to make here, Josh, is the quarterbacks. Uh, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me or this or not, but it looks like Sean Burchell, I or is it, did I get Shane. Shane, yeah. Shane, uh, it looks like he's going to be a starter somewhere from another team. I think he's for some, he has really – I, what is this his third or fourth year with the Chiefs now mm-hmm. and uh, backing up Patrick or he was the third strainer for back uh, for uh, Chad Henney mm-hmm. backing up Chad Henney Patrick Mahomes but he seems to really I to me jo- jo- uh, Josh he has really really I think has studied that playbook studied Andy Reid's system and has really become a great a, a good quarterback. I I would not be surprised, Josh, if you could get a couple draft picks for him, because I think he, for, to me, the last two preseason games, he has really looked like a starting quarterback. Mm. Uh, I real, and I'll let you go from there. I would even take Brashell over if I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I would take Brashell over Dak Prescott any day. Whoa! If, <laughs> if I was. <laughs> If I was in a pickle, because it looks like uh, the cow, I I don't know, Josh, but it, I would take Rochelle over, you know, Dak any day. I don't know about you, but it looks really promising. But I'll let you go, Josh. Sorry to ramble on. I just thought I'd make those three points. Uh, but sorry to ramble, Josh, and I'll talk to you the rest of the football season. Kyle, I appreciate it. It's good to hear from you, man. And look, it's the preseason. If any of, if anybody's got three points to fire off in one call, this is the time to do it. It's it's after ten o'clock, preseason game two. Let's hear your thoughts. Um, I, I like what we saw from Bouchelle. I think this this roster is going to have all three quarterbacks on it, being uh, Gabbert, Bouchelle, and um, number fifteen, the main one. Uh, I, I although I Chris. Oladakun? Have I gotten it right yet, or have I gotten it right? Have I have I been so committed to saying it wrong for so long that I'm still going to keep getting it wrong? My apologies. Um, is probably a practice squad shoe in. I I do think though there's a little bit with Shane Bouchelle of play him when people can see him 
and then get him on that like Kevin Cobb kind of track, you know, where Andy Reid likes to have a little developmental backup quarterback that all of a sudden gets traded for a third round pick if they have to play like two regular season games. I could see that. I think it makes sense with the the third quarterback activation rule that being able to carry all three guys kind of checks out to me. And um, all four dudes looked really, really good today. I think all four quarterbacks ended up with a quarterback rating over 100 uh, for the Chiefs today. So maybe that says something about the Cardinals' defense, but I, I do think they'll keep all three quarterbacks. Um, I look, man, I mean, the first team getting to the quarterback to that point, Kyle, it's going to be a lot better when Chris Jones is around. If Chris Jones is around, I don't know what to do until that point. Um, and then Mahomes communicating with the receivers. I thought you were going to talk about that play where Mahomes is running out of bounds, leaps from inbounds, throws the ball in midair, lands out of bounds, so it's all legal. It's all an actual pass. Still a dangerous throw, but that was hilarious to see the replay of. Um, I, I do think that there's going to be still some growing pains between Mahomes and the guys he hasn't worked with much. You'd like to see this be a big jump for him and Sky Moore, and certainly a big jump for him and MVS. Uh, next up here, we go to Jerry. Jerry, you're on 810 WHB. What's up, Jerry? How you feeling? Oh, I'm great. You just killed me. You took away my point. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Them. Say them anyway. But that's okay. The other 17 or 18 points I have are all the different <laughs> receivers they had. Is that is that awesome? I heard that yeah. it was 17 different receivers. I don't know what the total ended up getting up to, but... That was really cool. But what I wanted to say about Patrick Mahomes in that play was how he just expanded and elevated the playing field. Yeah. And they're going to come up with some rule that makes it where if you're up in the air, out of bounds, three to six feet in the air, making a different angle, and they catch it and get a touchdown, how many people are going to be mad and make that rule? You can't throw it out of bounds. It was unbelievable. I love, I'm writing down the phrase, expanding and elevating the playing field. Because that's exactly exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. And I've called you guys for over a year, and I think 1% of the things I send to you guys are funny. But (laughs) that's one of them. And the 17 points I wanted to make earlier after that guy talked, his three points were pretty good. Well, Jerry, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time to chat with us tonight. You've you've got a quote that made it to my legal pad, so uh, I, I hope I hope that was worth the wait. Here's another one. Sure, I'm the guy last year that called and said I could handle Josh Briscoe bedtime stories every night <laughs> because you did the thing on the Super Bowl. I was like, I wonder if I'll even call him this time in preseason. I did. You did. You put the work in, Jerry. Those are those are those off-season reps that are so important to hone our game. So hopefully we'll get a chance to do some more Super Bowl bedtime stories this year, too. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Thank you. That's good stuff. I, I like that we've got full-on lore building out here from everybody. Um, I love that throw. I love, I love the idea of expanding and elevating the playing field. Uh, I thought that Jerry might have been exaggerating on the number of guys who caught passes. And also, Dylan, you got a head on a swivel over there that I think we might be in press conference territory uh, for whichever quarterback takes the podium. So, Rodney, I got you on hold. I, I, you may have to stay there just until uh, we get the uh, the pressers cooking. Dylan, can you can you just count for me? Can you just can you just uh, get at least two, maybe three hands worth of fingers ready to help me uh, count to a double-digit number? Uh, Dylan just looked at his phone and uh, and said, wow, so I don't know what this is about yet. I can't. Is this the list of receivers? Okay, so Dylan, I just need you to count with me. You can count out loud if you want. Um, I'm going to just read some names, and you're going to just count along so I don't have to do two things at once. Are you ready for this? Your microphone wasn't on, so you look like you said yes, and it went off microphone. I sure did. There we go. 
It's preseason for all of us. It this all, is yes. this is Dylan's first preseason game, so we're just knocking off some rust. Yes. Rasheed Rice, Amir Smith Marset, two. Matt Bushman, three. Ty Fry Fogel, four. Marquez Valdez Scantling, five. Travis Kelsey, six. Justin Watson, seven. Kendall Blanton, eight. Justin Ross, nine. Jarek McKinnon, ten. Noah Gray, eleven. Clyde Edwards Elaire, twelve. Lamichael P. Ryan, thirteen. Sky Moore, fourteen. Blake Bell, fifteen. Daneric Prince, sixteen. <laughs> Cornell Powell, seventeen. And Isaiah Gaythings got a target but didn't catch it. Seventeen guys caught passes. Seventeen pass catchers. I I knew they were spreading the ball around, and obviously you're working all the way through the depth chart. But I I would have taken the under on seventeen, having watched every snap of that blessed preseason game. That's bonkers. And for a guy like uh, Amir Smith Marset, he's not making this team. If I could bet on him being a commander or a bear or a colt. Within the next month, I would I would bet a significant amount of money on it. Would you care to hear the team quarterback stat line? Yes, I would love that. 31 of 38 for a 393, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 136 rating. They did all finish over 100 apiece. Blaine Gabbert with the two touchdowns, really doing most of the heavy lifting there from a quarterback rating department. Is that a perfect rating for Gabbert? 158.3? That's about as close as it gets. There's one incompletion in there, but that I can't remember what the specific is. The, is the actual perfect rating like 161? Something I don't know. It's somewhere in that in that range. Um, first little nugget of news here: no injuries to report for the Chiefs. So they went out there, they played a full game on that field in Arizona, and for the first time in three attempts of doing that in the last year and change, um, no one actually less than a year, uh, no one suffered a noteworthy injury or failed to maintain their footing. So that's exciting. Dylan, we can kind of produce this on air while we're dancing around here. Have you seen or heard any rumblings of who the quarterback at the podium will be? Have you, I should say, I guess, have you verified that there will be a quarterback that will be at the podium? I have seen Sam Oh, McDowell. I see Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to have to wait on that one, actually, anyway. So no, actually, we will not take that right now. We'll have yep. to circle back on that one. So we're going to go and take Rodney. Uh, Rodney, we'll uh, hear from you out here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Rodney? Hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm good, man. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I had a, a bit of a conversation with a con- quite a few people you know, about the past from Blaine Gabbert. And to me, by my opinion, it was the same play that Andy Reid called last week, that uh, so-called uh, option for vert play. Mm. That, and I really feel like that uh, that was a bad pass by Blaine Gabbert. He had a touchdown to uh, Justin Ross. Mm. A lot of people saying, well, he should have, no, ran to the corner. I, not necessarily. If he was running the fade route after he cooked the DB and left him on the other side of the field, he would have veered off to the sideline and to be able to catch that ball. He stayed alone the numbers, meaning everyone else was running straight. He was told to get open, and that's what he did. Any easy quarterback would have just, just lobbed the ball up there. We've seen Brady do it a million times that Julian Elliman run the same route. A, a pivot route that Justin Ross was running all game mm-hmm. and he it to a goal route, a pivot and goal, and got wild open, just easy live. Yep. And, you know, I got a lot of pushback from people saying, no, it was Justin Ross. Like, ah, no, not sir. I say it was Blaine Gabbert. That was a bad pass, even where the ball landed out of bounds. There was no way he was going to catch that. So that's just my opinion. I wanted to hear your opinion on it, and so I'm going to have this in my fair. 
Rodney, I appreciate that. I'm really glad you brought that up because I do think that's one of the most interesting plays of that entire game. Um, and I, and frankly, spoiler alert here, I think we talked about that play in the room here with me and Dylan and Covell. We went, we like three or four rounds of, of watching the replay over and over again. We were diagramming the whole thing. Um, we'll, we'll talk to Matt Derrick later on tonight, and he tweeted out that, yeah, that's that's on Justin Ross. Uh, my inclination at the time was that like a Gabbert mistake. So here's what I think happened after watching it several times. First of all, Rodney, I think to say, hey, I mean, Justin Ross was open in the end zone. What... <laughs> Why Why on earth can we not just go ahead, hey, Blaine, wherever you thought it was going to be, can we just take a little air out of that ball and just hit the dude who's wide open alone in the end zone? I think there's some fairness to that. The other, Especially when you see how I believe it was the safety, how the safety crossed up with Ross and he just absolutely left him in the dirt. I understand why Ross, with his momentum, ended up looking over his right shoulder, the inside shoulder, because he's on the, on the left side of the field. Ross looks over his right shoulder, and then I think as he is seeing Gabbert, the ball might have been in the air at that point already. It was very quick, it, you know, bang, bang. It's a, it's a fast-moving game. Either, the, either he, the ball was in the air or he saw Gabbert coming his direction. I'll have to see from a different angle. And he sees the ball start going to the outside. I think, and this is really hard because we're not in the huddle, and we don't know what they're going off of on, on site adjustments and everything with the defense, we might be able to get a real answer for this when we get a little better angle or, frankly, just some more time to go through the, the, the angle we have. But I think what happens is Gabbert is reading the defense there, and whatever Gabbert is seeing is dictating, I think, whatever Gabbert, Gabbert is seeing is dictating that on the, the option there that Ross does take it more toward the pylon rather than breaking it inside, but he would have been open either way. So that's that's why I don't want to be too definitive and say, like, oh, yeah, well, he clearly made the wrong choice because, to Rodney's point, either way you're open. Just get the ball to a spot where he can make the adjustment to the football. It's a touchdown. The one thing I will disagree with, and then this took me, like, five replays, is that it was an uncatchable football. It did land out of bounds, but it landed in a good spot. The the way the ball landed, it, it was on the the paint for you know the, the the thick outline of the end zone, all out of bounds territory, of course, but it lands kind of on the inner half of the paint there in the end zone. If Ross does break it back out to the corner there toward the pylon, where the ball's going to be on the arc of the football, it, he is going to have. Plenty of time to get his hands up, both feet in bounds. I don't even think he would have had to have like gone to the ground with the ball. I think if he breaks it out that way, he snags a touchdown. He's able to get his feet in, maybe three steps worth. Bang, 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 and it's a touchdown. If Ross goes outside toward the pylon, breaks to his left, it's a touchdown. If Gabbert throws it to the inside as Ross is looking over his right shoulder, it's a touchdown. Either way, it's a little frustrating. Either way, I think you can kind of pick and choose where you want to nitpick there. I will ask Matt Derrick about it because, again, his was one of the first tweets that was like, hey, this is this is Ross reading the defense wrong. Either way, I'm also, maybe, maybe this is just me being an optimist and a, a Justin Ross hopeful. I'm taking that as a net positive regardless of dude was absolutely open, standing in the end zone. Maybe, maybe it was a mental read and maybe it was an adjustment to a defender that he needs to be better at before he's going to get meaningful in-season reps. That's totally possible. It was nice to see him open in, in some some grass in the end zone. That That is still an encouraging thing to me. 
But it is really interesting, and it goes back to kind of that receiver-quarterback communication that has obviously been a huge part of the goal of training camp, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where we, where we settle there. Um, Dylan, I'll, I just saw a little bit of the movement at press conferences. Let me know if it looks like that's going to be a wrap, if we're going to get any other... I'm also looking at a different feed, and we've got a couple things open. If, if only you all could know, folks, the, the moving parts that go in. I think, Dylan, what you've got right now, I'm just fully producing something. I think that over there is a little bit... Uh, behind of what I just saw. So if that all goes completely dark, we'll take a break and uh, and recalibrate and come back. We'll hear from Reed and Patrick Mahomes a little bit later on. But the news so far is that there are no injuries to report. And uh, we will uh, continue to talk about some of the things that make sense for uh, us to focus on and maybe some of the things that seem like an overreaction right out of the gate. Uh, there was something from the very first drive that I thought, oh, this this could be something we spend a little too much time talking about on Monday. We'll we'll see if we do fulfill that experiment. Um, talking about Rasheed Rice and that drop down the seam, it's the, it's the type of thing that sticks in your head because everything else was there, and all of a sudden it feels like he's just spiked the football into the ground. It's the type of thing that gives you a little pause with with a rookie wide receiver. And again, if Justin Ross read the defense wrong and broke the wrong way, and it cost him a touchdown on that Gabbert drive, or excuse, was that? Yeah, that was a, that was a Gabbert drive later on, which was also kind of interesting. Um, we can uh, poke around that as we go as well. But let's uh, let's. Oh boy, we're hmm hmm. Our timing on some things is interesting over here. I wonder where I'm at. Dylan, talk to me. Uh, oh, okay. We I see now. I have seen the the deconstruction has begun in Arizona. Correct. That, uh, yes, that uh, was. The report I was about to give. I to I ask. see now. Um, I had my my feeds were a little bit different over here. Your feeds back there. I actually was able to relate to a little bit of what they were were doing there, tearing down the the little setup. Actually, yeah, so. yeah. Well, we we've been there for many many a time. So correct. The Chiefs are uh, on their way to the plane to come back to Kansas City. We will hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes a little later on in the show. We'll hear from Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest a little later on in the show. It's a Sports Radio 810 WHB post game show. The Chiefs victorious and uh, putting some good stuff on tape in a dominant win over the depth of the Arizona Cardinals. It's all brought to you by Greenlight Dispensary. Outstanding customer service, superior product, and continuously voted Missouri's best. Open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. You can find a location near you today at greenlightdispensary.com. That's greenlightdispensary.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back, talk a little more about the Chiefs' win over the Cardinals and what we need to focus on as the weekend goes on next. You're on your home for the NFL, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Gabbert looking, will throw. That's caught. Touchdown, Chiefs. Cornell Powell gets the six. How about the touch by Gabbert on that? Gets outside the pocket. They take away the flag. He floats one. Nice finesse pass to get it over the top. Powell getting his feet in on the back line. Good footwork. Of all the Chiefs wide receivers who are going to fill out a very deep depth chart this year, 
Cornell Powell, the former draft pick, was the one getting in on the touchdown action today. We're going to make that our sweet play of the game, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. At Andy's, they have an incredible lineup of frozen custard summer treats to beat the sizzling heat. And oh boy, the heat was sizzling today. Back by uh, popular demand is the crowd-pleasing key lime pie concrete. It's sweet, it's zesty, so what are you waiting for? Head to Andy's Frozen Custard now and top your day with a smile. I'd love to top my day with a little key lime concrete, but happy to top my day with a little time here with you on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. Again, I am Joshua Briscoe. If you want to tweet or post or interact across various social media platforms, I found all the ones that I can get logged into right now, and I am at JB Briscoe, J-B-B-R-I-S-C-O, if you want to chime in that way, or you can tweet your thoughts to the Sports Radio 810 Twitter account, at Sports Radio 810. We'll see those as well. Uh, we also... Um, are sort of uh, up on the uh, the Sports Radio 810 WHB various video streams. We want to bring you the post-game show live in video form this year as well. But right now we're having some little technical difficulties as we get fired up for the uh, the first attempt at that for this, uh, for this season. I don't know, Dylan. I came back there and I hit all the buttons I know how to hit, and none of them fix anything. And so I left and said, hey, now you hit all these buttons, see if you can fix it. I was going to say that, unfortunately, was also my plan. So Yeah, I don't know exactly. Not a lot of deviation. I, I have a pretty good feel of how that usually works. You have a pretty good feel for how that usually works. Tonight, we're stumped. So, we may say goodbye to the video. Is, have, we, have you accepted defeat as this segment has begun? I have not. I, I, not. Okay, I will oh, not. interesting. I will not. I will accept defeat at some point if it's just sort of silence going to the streams. We'll get that, we'll get that figured out, though, hopefully in the near future. And uh, bring you the action there as well. In the meantime, if you want to listen, you can listen online or to the Sports Radio 810 WHB mobile app, 810WHB.com, or again, the Sports Radio 810 WHB mobile app. Uh, and we'll podcast it after the fact as well. Maybe you're listening to this in the future and it's not even uh, almost 11 o'clock. Maybe you're just enjoying the time with us. Appreciate you. However, you're listening to us here tonight. Also, uh, appreciate the folks at Slagle Fence. When you need a fence, call Slagle Fence. Slagle Fence installs it all wood to ornament steel to vinyl. No job is too large, and it'll look great, too. You can visit them online at slagelfence.com. Uh, of the uh, things we've talked about, we talked about the wide receivers, the offensive line, all four quarterbacks, 17 pass catchers. But did we witness a little bit of a shakeup? On the running back depth chart tonight, I think we might have, or at the very least, maybe we oversimplified the running back debate for a while now. It's gotten a little bit odd. Not a bad thing, but when we, uh, yesterday, on the zone, uh, oh, Dylan fixed the audio. Is that that what that, that expression looks like? Dylan has given me arms wide open, two thumbs up, and apparently we're back on the video streams. So I'll tell you this. YouTube, Twitch, uh, there's a way to find it on Twitter, but I need to figure that out again for this year as well. And the uh, Sports Radio 810 Facebook Live video feed. Dylan has worked a miracle. Dylan, if you know what you did, remember it and tell me during the break, because I was totally stumped by this little mess of our own creation. Godspeed. Good work, Dylan. Anyway, the question becomes, have we witnessed a shakeup on the Chiefs running back depth chart? So like I said, we were talking on Friday. We were doing our, our uh, camp confidential 
You're welcome, America. The greatest name for a radio game ever invented. And my confidence level in the Chiefs running back room dropped a good little bit before camp to to now. Isaiah Pacheco is going to spend that whole time, or did spend that whole time in St. Joe in a yellow non-contact jersey. Jarek McKinnon, who I think is excellent, is just on that diet training camp sort of uh, routine at this point. Of, hey man, get get you some work. He got hit tonight, picked up some yards tonight, caught a pass, took a carry. Both good reps, love it. He's just going to be on the injury report every single week of the season with like three extremities. And then there's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I feel like I always have to give my my reputation a little power wash before I say this, or maybe just a spotlight so you know where I'm coming from. They never should have drafted him in that spot. That was a bad draft pick at the time. We've relitigated all of this many, many times. That's where I'm coming from. I think Clyde not only is going to be on this team, I think it's 100% fine for him to be on this team this year. He is a running back who has been in this roster, in, been on this roster and in this offense now for years. And the Chiefs can trust him to be who he is. Who he is is not going to change dramatically. Who he is is not going to turn into either uh, Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry. It's not, it's not going to happen. He's just Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that's okay. You will not change your offense for him, and he will not change your offense but if you need a running back to run right out of a backfield, you know he can do that. If you need him to just be a cog in the machine, he can do that. He's not gonna again, he's not gonna steal you a bunch of yards, he's not gonna break one free. But he's a, a worthwhile element in an offense that really values some experience, some consistency, and someone you can be confident in. He has multiple highlights of that run around Mahomes' crazy bleep kind where he's just on the same page because he's been with Mahomes for a long time now. So as far from the biggest Clyde fan within the sound of my voice, I think he has a perfectly reasonable role in this offense. But there was talk a week or two ago about, well, could... Daneric Prince, well, who's going to have more yards from scrimmage this year? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Daneric Prince? I, I saw like a Twitter poll, which is a, a totally fair one. I think I might have voted for Prince at the time. And now, LaMichael Pirine has very clearly hopped over Daneric Prince in the rotation. I think that was the case late at camp. It was certainly the case tonight. LaMichael Pirine was getting run much earlier than Daneric Prince was. They both ended up with six carries. P. Ryan turned it into 41 yards with a 16-yard long, and Prince took six for 20. Nothing special there. Nothing's popped in the return game for Prince to this point. He returned the kick, uh, the kickoff, the lone kickoff today. He returned it 21 yards. I, I still like the profile for Daneric Prince. I don't want to say that a dude that just went undrafted out of Tulsa has all of one training camp and two preseason games to prove himself as RB1. I I don't want to set the standard too ridiculously far out ahead of him because I think that's that's just expectations getting a guy in trouble. That's not his fault. But I think it might be worth considering that Michael P. Ryan is actually running back four on this, in this team right now. I still think they're going to carry four. 
no fullback and now no Jody Fortson means probably just three tight ends and let, unless Matt Bushman becomes the fourth running back or the fourth tight end and then maybe your running back numbers get squeezed again. It's kind of interesting because P. Ryan, you might have vaguely remembered from being drafted by the Jets. That was 2020. And he's been around Kansas City for a bit now, and I just kind of thought he would be the guy that you stash on the practice squad, and if there's an injury to guys one through four, you're, you are happy to have him be a game day elevation. If it's a long-term thing, maybe he gets a roster spot. But I just... I thought he was kind of in that next that next tier, and it's been kind of trending into him getting a real shot more recently, and maybe they've just been running Prince a ton, and they wanted to throttle back, but then they give him six carries later in the game than P. Ryan's carries came. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting. Worth keeping an eye on, and, and maybe something that, that the uh, coaching staff will speak on this week when they, they are you know talking about roster cutdowns and everything. I'm also not sure if it's... If it's overreacting to notice the quarterback order, I don't know what it means. Everybody looked good, and again, maybe the Cardinals' defense is just an absolute tire fire. It probably is. And it wasn't that weird to see Shane Bouchelle come out first and get a bunch of reps, but at that point, I thought, hey, you know, let let Bouchelle come out in the second half and do a little halftime uh adjustments, leave a locker room starting the next half, give give him that experience, and then it can be uh, Oladokun, Oladokun, Chriso. It can be his turn after that. I'm sorry, I'm not doing a bit. I hear them say his name during the game every time, and they okay, I'm going to get it right. And then I realize that I've, again, spent the last, however long he's been on the roster, convincing myself it was Oladokun, Ola Doken makes total sense. I'm just rewiring my brain very slowly and just in time for him to have a big game in week three of the preseason and for me to never say his name out loud on the radio again. But I'm going to work on it. Anyway, point being, when Gabbert wasn't the second guy out, I kind of figured he'd just be getting the night off. Which made more sense with the Chad Henney type who's been getting a ton of reps for a long time. And had been in the offense for years. Like, hey, you know what? Give the young guys some some live reps. You're Chad Henning. You've seen plenty of NFL football. You've played plenty of meaningful games. You've been in this offense for a while. No sweat. For Gabbert, he's played plenty of NFL games. But it's his first year in this offense. So if he's going to play, why why Bouchelle over, uh, over Gabbert? And why Gabbert playing later? I'm sure Andy Reid got asked about that. We can hear from him later on as well. Dylan, another uh, production on air moment here. I have no idea what our break situation is. We need to take a, a timeout, or should we take one now? Matt Derrick says he's he's down the chat with us whenever, and I don't know what uh, what our hour situation is. But if we want to take a slightly early break here, we can come back and start chatting with Matt if that works for you. That works for me. That feels okay to me. I don't know what our break times are. We don't need to actually litigate all that right now. We can take a little time out. I've laid out a bunch of questions. Now I need an expert. I need to hear from Matt Derrick, and then we'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes as the show goes on. It's the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Enjoying our time with you here tonight, and I hope you're ready for some regular season football. Now it's still long enough away that it's going to hurt, 
But uh, seeing a little thing that looks like the Chiefs offense on the third drive of this game, that gives you a little bit of energy and uh, gives you, I don't know, maybe a happy hour or so with us here on the postgame show. Speaking of, nobody does happy hour like Twin Peaks. That was all just a work back around. Come on, everybody. You got to. We're, 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 this is my leaping out of bounds, throwing the ball midair moment. It's a preseason game, but at least let me try. No one does happy hour like Twin Peaks, whatever your preference. They got everything from tequila cocktails to an extensive bourbon category to top shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu second to none. And don't forget about their 29 degree man size drafts. The Chiefs have drafted well. We've seen some of the reasons, uh, some of the, uh, I don't know, the payoff of those draft picks as we saw a little bit of the youth have some ups and have some downs in this game against the Cardinals today. The Chiefs victorious to now get to that ever-important 500 mark in the preseason. Maybe the record doesn't matter, but the process sure does. We'll talk about the process of it all with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest next here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Second and 14. Play action. Mahomes moves to his right. To the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Chiefs. Justin Watson gets the touchdown. Juwan Taylor that time with an inside pass for us. He's able to seal that edge, and Mahomes slides out to the right. There's no receiver on that side of the field, and Watson in the end zone notices that Mahomes is scrambling, so he just continues and keeps it flat and friendly, not allowing the defender to undercut it, and Mahomes with the accurate throw in the touchdown. Even in the preseason, it's nice to see a little Mahomes magic. The Magic Mahomes Play of the Day is brought to you by Westlake Hardware. At Ace, our helpful folks know you've got everyday things you need to take care of around the house, but did you know they can help with your business too? Westlake Commercial, a division of Westlake Ace Hardware. Find all their location online at westlakehardware.com. Running your business just got easier with Westlake Commercial. You're, you name it, they can get it at Westlake Hardware. Now, uh, helping us get the hardware we really need to get through the rest of the show here tonight on Sports Radio 810, WHB Kansas City. It's Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. He loves having three quarterbacks on the active roster. He loves watching Patrick Mahomes throw touchdown passes to Justin Watson. And more than anything else, I know he loves a late night preseason game. Matt, preseason primetime. What more could you possibly ask for? The only thing I could wish more is that this was a home game, and I was enjoying this, you know, from the tickets for less, you know, suite and mm. Arrowhead and, mm-hmm. and being on being on the sofa. So, man, those sofa conversations this year really are going to be special. It, having two preseason games take that away from us to, to make us wait is really, really uh, going to be a, a tough one. But one more week until a home game, and then Thursday night football. I know I can make it to Thursday. I know I know I can get there because I'm. I'm not sure what preseason game three will have uh, in store for us, but I, I think some kneecaps are going to get bitten off uh, when the Lions come to town. So I'm looking forward to that. I I am too, and you know me. I you know we we both love late nights, don't we? We sure do. I mean, it's just the time to uh, to talk about the takeaways. Let's let's pick some things. And actually, Matt, let's go ahead, and I'm going to go largely chronological with you here, just to kind of make sure we hit everything, and then we can decide how interesting and how meaningful any of it is. But 
It was just nice to see the Chiefs put together an offensive drive that looked like themselves. It wasn't perfect. It was largely vanilla. But, man, they spread the ball around. And even with Rasheed Rice having that drop early on that I I, I hope doesn't end up being an entire talking point for the next uh, couple of weeks. What did you see from, from the main guys out there through a couple of drives that never really got going to the third one where it looked like the Chiefs offense? And then we may not see Mahomes on the field again until Detroit, right? Yeah, and you know, and it drives Andy Reid crazy that really it was penalties that killed those first two drives. Mm. And it's a couple of penalties that put him in a hole that couldn't get him out, couldn't get out of it. And but then the third drive was the one they've been looking for the, through the first two games of the preseason, just to see the first team offense go down and do what they do: ninety-two yards, ten plays. Um, just we didn't see a lot of resistance, and you know, and. This game was probably a pretty good example and indicative of what the Chiefs would probably usually face. Arizona was doing a lot of rushing forward, dropping seven, and you know once they stopped committing any penalties, they pretty much found an answer for it. It's Arizona, so mm-hmm. you know we're grading on a curve here because the Cardinals will probably be the worst team in the NFL this year. Yep. That's certainly their goal. Um, so we'll see what happens, but um, no, a very you know that that one drive was the one thing that the Chiefs were looking for. They wanted to see the offense go out and do what they do, and and they've done that now. You know, so uh, hey, what I guess the, the last year the first team offense went out. I think they scored on what every single drive. Mm-hmm. This year it took them what the fifth drive until they finally got it done. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit slower, but I think you're starting to see things click the way they want. And, and look, I I am. If you want to give us at least a little reset as to why you think the Chiefs do not have an issue keeping three quarterbacks this year, why that is still the expectation. <laughs> I I do I do think because of the amount of tweets I saw tonight, I think it would be kind of interesting. But but it was really intriguing. Not that it was a surprise that Shane Bouchelle was the first quarterback out after Mahomes. The Chiefs have done that. They did that last year with with just giving Chad Henney the night off. But to have it be Bouchelle first and then Gabbert after that, what did you make of, of that particular decision? They both looked great, but why the, the flipping order? Is that is that telling of anything at all, or is that just getting Bouchelle some one drive with a first-team O-line? Well, I'm really curious about it because, and I and I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the entire press conference, but um, uh, Andy Reid said that the, that Lane Gabbard wasn't planned to play tonight, hmm. and so you know it was just kind of hey after Bouchelle went in and was just so effective it was like apparently, well might as well just get Gabbard some snaps too. Um, so I'm not entirely, weird. I'd like a little bit more discussion about you know what what led to Gabbard going in because yeah. like you said it sounded like the plan was uh, was to let Bouchelle play most of the second and play into the third quarter and and then have Oladokun take the rest of the way but apparently Gabbard wanted to get some play and Gabbard all oh, does Gabbard does go in there plays perfectly. I mean, you know, well, I don't know why we're not talking about keeping four quarterbacks on the 53. <laughs> since Patrick Mahomes was apparently the worst quarterback the Chiefs had tonight. Yeah. He and, says facetiously trying to start fights. <laughs> it did. Tonight felt like a night where Dylan's did this several times. Like, look, it's just cool that the Chiefs clearly listened to the zone. I mean, they, they, they at least wanted to add a, a little fuel to that fire. I'm not sure what the result was, but clearly, clearly we're ablaze. And clearly, look, I mean, 
any any jokes aside, any tongue-in-cheek nature aside, it was kind of interesting to see Shane Bouchelle and the ones just kind of have a little humming offense for a little bit. Um, the most important part, though, that I think for both Mahomes and for any quarterback who, who's been back there is that the, the starting offensive line through two games, especially in pass protection, to my eyes, has looked really, really solid. And of, of all of the things that you can um, you know, turn your nose up against the, the Cardinals for, uh, it, it seemed like they might have had a, a little bit of, of uh, I don't know, at least not a completely flat pass rushing unit to this point in the preseason. What am I, what am I overreacting to? What am I appropriately reading into there uh, vis-a-vis the, uh, the Chiefs offensive line, specifically Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're you're re- overreading into anything. I mean, I think that through the first two games, they've been pretty good. I I was probably even more impressed against the Saints because I, I felt like at least the the Saints I think tried a little harder. Um, you know, like I said, I mean Arizona, they've got a couple of pieces, but you know, to me by and large, I mean it felt like they were mostly just rushing four and dropping seven, mm-hmm. and I, I don't. And and that worked to a degree. I mean, I, I mean at the same time, Patrick Mahomes and the first team for sure, and, and even when Michelle came in pretty much had all day to pass. So yeah. now part of that was because there was some good coverage downfield. But then again, they were also eventually picking that apart because they had all day to throw. You know, you can only cover for so long. And, you know, and, and they really weren't getting any pressure on the quarterbacks at all. There was The Saints had a little bit more success last week, but at the same time I thought that the, especially the tackles held up well. Um, there's a few things to clean up. I mean, there's going to be mistakes early on. There's probably some timing issues. But, you know, and like I said, I know Andy Reid's not going to be happy with a couple of the penalties. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, I think there has been a lot to like with this first-team offensive line. And the question was going to be how are the tackles going to to drop into this group? And I think the answer so far is they're dropping in just fine. This might be going more to those first couple of drives, certainly before the third one looked a little more like the offense. But I I at least had this thought, and I didn't want to just tweet it without context. And This is where I'm kind of working through it now. Uh, how you give me a one to ten if you want? How how concerned are you that we will spend some portion of the first month of the season saying some version of Mahomes has all day with the football and nowhere to go with it apparently because that felt like something that was happening through the first couple of drives that that I think could be a reasonable growing pain if if they have a great offensive line and some of these receivers do still have a, a little bit of learning to do. I'm I'm putting it out there to kind of toss it around now is that a major concern a little concern no concern at all in terms of the receivers getting separation even as the o-line really looks solid so far i'm probably going to classify it in the a little concern category yeah um for no other reason than you know we're looking at this this chief group and you know i i do hate to to mix metaphors and mix sports and everything Mm -hmm. but it, it feels somewhat appropriate here. I mean, if we're talking about the, the Chiefs wide receiver group be, being a pitching rotation, mm. do the Chiefs have a number one pitcher, yeah, number I one receiver? So. No, I'm not sure that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have a number two? Marquez might be a number two. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and you know what? I mean, I feel like I'm not even sure you could put Kadarius Tony into a number two category yet because he hasn't really been that. Yeah, um, Richie James was he? I mean, I think you got a bunch of number threes. And you might have, you know, maybe a few number fours and maybe you have a bunch of number fives, you know, but then remember your number fives are, you know, one of those guys might be the ninth best receiver on this team. So, right. I mean, right. that is, it's a ridiculously bell-shaped curve of a wide yeah. receiver group 
which I think is really nice. But, you know, sometimes you do need that alpha receiver that can just be the guy that you know is going to get open. And I'm not sure that they've got that. I mean, the, I was thinking about this earlier, having a conversation with someone else. You know, if, if, if I'm the Chiefs and I've got maybe third and eight and I need to throw the ball to somebody that I know is going to you know, make the catch, you know, right now, Richard James might be that guy hmm. just because, just because you know, it's not that I think that he's the best at getting separation, but he's just the guy that I think has the best hands and is most likely to get his hands on it. Um, but, you know, is, is there a Juju Smith-Schuster? Is there a 90% of Tyreek Hill? Is there a, you know, maybe even Sammy Watkins on this team? I don't know if there is. Um, maybe there is. Maybe one of them developed. Maybe Sky Moore is going to develop into that this year. Um, maybe in the second half of the season we'll be talking about Rasheed Rice in that way. But right now, I mean, one of those guys I think has to separate themselves and prove to themselves that they are the go-to guy when the Chiefs need a first down. Yeah, I, that specific framing of it's going to be fascinating. And you're right, man, it is such a bell-shaped receiving group, I, I think is is dead on. You have Travis Kelsey and then a bunch of two, three, and four wide receivers. Um, it, it's it's going to be really interesting. I'm starting to now talk myself into like, hey, you know what? We we have actually done ourselves a disservice just completely ignoring Marquez Valdez-Scantling all offseason. I know why it's happened. It's because you, you have a pretty clear expectation of what he could be, but what what if what if he's just a thousand yard receiver this year, Matt? What if, what if it's not the volume of the receptions, but it's just a few times a game he's going to be down the field for a nice chunk, and then another couple of times he'll he'll be somewhere in the medium intermediate. He gets they they connect on one of those. If I had to have you give me a, a receiver who leads the team not in receptions but in yardage this year, we may have talked about this a month ago. Who would you pick today? Not named a wide receiver, a wide receiver, yeah. not not Travis Kelsey. No, no cheat codes. Yeah, it's a really, really good question because yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I think the safest bet to be would be either Marquez or Sky Moore. Yeah, and you know the only reason that I would be leaning right now Marquez is because at least he's the guy who's done it in the NFL before. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, at least put up the most yards in the season. I mean, I still feel like that. At this point, Marquez is what the back of his football card says he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a you know a 650-yard receiver, maybe seven in a really good season. Um, until he has that breakout year and all of a sudden becomes a 1,000-yard guy, you know, I can't, I can't project that for him. But the same thing about Sky Moore. I mean, it's really hard to, you know, I, I, think, I think I've heard Curtis, you know, on the, on, the, on, the, on the program talking about, you know, what are the category of receivers that have gone into a year two after a year one like Sky Moore and been a thousand yard receiver? I, what, maybe two or three guys? Mm. You know, maybe there's nobody. I can't remember. I, know, I yeah. remember him talking about it, but it's, a, it's, it's an extremely short list of people you're talking about. So I can't really project that for him either. But, you know, at the same time, if, if Sky Moore was a 750 yard receiver and led that group in yards, I wouldn't be stunned. And the only reason I'm leaving out Kadarius Tony is because I don't know if he's going to be ready to start the season, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many games he's going to play. Because I, I mean, at this point, I mean that's why I, I think I would favor the other two. It's really interesting. I've that has evolved a lot for me over the last month and change. And 
I, it could evolve more by the time week one gets here. It's it's very odd. We're talking to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. You can read his work at ChiefsDigest.com and follow him across uh, various social media platforms whose names may have changed, uh, at Matt Derrick. You, you tweeted a note about uh, Drew Tranquil that I had not noticed that he was wearing the dot there for the number two defense, meaning that he had the speaker in his helmet, so he was getting the calls and then making the calls for the defense. Um, you noted this. Spags has noted this. He's really the backup at all three base linebacker spots. He's got sub-package roles that make sense for him. But him wearing the dot with the twos, I think, is my favorite development of maybe the entire defense this preseason process and training camp and all. Uh, because if, if Steve Spagnuolo could ever convince himself to take Nick Bolton off the field for just a brief moment in time, Drew Tranquil and Willie Gay on the field together is really exciting to me um, at, from a pure athleticism and, and potentially coverage standpoint. I would love to see that. I don't know how often we're going to be allowed to see that, but what do you make of that role for Tranquil, and and how much is he going to play as the backup everywhere, a sub-package guy everywhere? And I think, spoiler alert, sorry, this is a real long question so I can sneak in my take, I think I'd rather just see Drew Tranquil on the field instead of Leo Chanel more often than not. Well, and that's a package you're going to see. I mean, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, no, no knock against Chanel, but you're right. I mean, um, when you get the idea of Gay, Tranquil, and Bolton on the field together, I think that's a pretty cool trio. Yeah, um, maybe it's their best. I mean, I and and this this is the thing. I mean, I I could make a compelling case that Drew Tranquil is their second best linebacker and probably should be on the field all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but you're right. I mean, as, who's the most athletic? It's Willie Gay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's things that he can do that the other guys can't. Has he developed that consistency yet? No, but that and that's what Tranquil has. I mean, he may have lacked a little bit. He certainly lacks the athleticism of Willie Gay, but he's definitely got the smarts. I mean, he you can see how quickly he has picked up his defense. If he's if they're willing to let him be the mic and and, and call things and be Nick Bolton's backup, that tells you a lot about how much he's been able to pick up quickly and everything. And the other thing that's kind of you know hidden and lost in all of this is that you know Jack Cochran's the the, the third guy. He's the the next mm-hmm. backup at the Mike linebacker position, which pretty much tells you that they've given up on Leo as being a potential Mike. At some mm. So he's pretty much out of the picture now, which I don't think is a huge surprise. But, you know, considering when he was drafted a year ago, it was like, you know, hey, we, we know he's got the outside ability. We think he's got some, you know, inside potential too. But now, you know, with Tranquil coming in and, and Cochran developing, they've kind of set that by the wayside. And, and maybe Jack Cochran is the second coming of Ben Neiman. Maybe he'll be better hmm. than that. You never know. Um, but you know now Leo now has a, a has a, a different role. And I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I am excited because there's actually a few ways they've been using Leo in, in training camp and that the Joker kind of role where he lines up on the end and the outside kind of almost a, a seven or a nine tech where he's lining up wide and, and you know going after the passer. You're going to see that in some sub packages, and I've been wanting to see that for a long time because Leo, Leo, just playing downhill is, I think, where he's best. Let's talk about the uh, the near touchdown, the Justin Ross. You were the first person who I saw a tweet about it and breaking it down from from what Ross did in, in his perspective. And then I went back and I rewatched that play like 15 times, and we've we've litigated it some here now. the The ball landed. In the paint and in the you know on the left side of the end zone, so just with like any physical understanding of physics, 
If Justin Ross does break that way, it's touchdown. He, he's he's catching the ball at a height where he is certainly still in bounds, despite the fact that the ball landed slightly out of bounds. That's absolutely a touchdown if he breaks out to the pylon. But he looks over his right shoulder first, looks to the inside, and then readjusts out to the outside, and then he's too late getting to the ball. I don't know if there's an argument. I'll let you tell me, Matt. I don't know if there's an argument of like, hey, either he, he would have been open either way. No matter where the ball went, left or right, if he would have been on the same page as Gabbert, it was a touchdown to either side. Um, I think it seems reasonable to assume that Gabbert read the defense correctly, and then Ross, especially if you went back and saw how, I believe, the safety crossed up in front of him. I totally understand why the momentum there would be to, to go to the right with his head instead of forcing his way back out toward the pylon. But however it panned out, I'm very interested in what you saw there from that rep. Yeah, I mean, that is, it's an option route where it is, where, you know, you, what you're supposed to do as the receiver is you're supposed to read the coverage and figure out where, as, as Andy Reid will say, is where's the green grass? Mm-hmm. Where are you supposed to go to where there is not going to be a defender? And, yeah, you, you, you look at the wide angle of that, and you can see, I mean, Ross, when he, he pokes his head inside and starts running towards the, the post, you know, he's running right into coverage. You know, he, he was going right at the safety. That's not where you want to go. Um, it might not have been a perfect pass. I mean, he might have had to make a, a you know, tiptoe along the sideline a little bit. But you could tell, I mean, from the moment when he started, you know, banging his, his hands on against his helmet and yeah. everything, Ross knew he made the wrong move. And, and that's, that's a young guy mistake. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you know what? You need to make those mistakes so, frankly, you don't make them again. Yep. And, you know, and there was a great example, I think it was last week, uh, and practice that, you know, the same thing happened with Sky Moore. Sky Moore had a very similar route hmm. where, you know, if he cuts to the outside where Mahomes wanted him to go based on the coverage, there was nobody there. It was a touchdown. And that's where Mahomes throws the football. Sky Moore was looking inside instead, goes the wrong way, can't make the adjustment. It's incomplete. And Mahomes goes over to him and says, hey, look, Sky, you know, here's what you got to read. You read this and you read the same way that I'm reading it. And you're, you go out to the outside, there's nothing but green grass out there. So we'll get that. And the next day, they had a very similar situation. Sky read it correctly, and Mahomes hits him for a touchdown. So, you know, those are, those are learning opportunities you have. And even, like I said, even Sky in year two is getting that. If Justin Ross learns from that and runs it right next time, that's a, that's a win. So you're hoping that he learns from that. Yep, and I'm, I'm happy to see him getting open in the end zone and being used in the red zone, all of it. All that was good until the ball landed on dirt instead of in Justin Ross's beautiful, perfect hands. Um, here, here's something that you uh, you also made note of that I think is fascinating now that feels like a, a could be a legitimate change for you. You've already promised it will be a legitimate change in your rosterology, which people can go check out at ChiefsDigest.com right now. It it seemed like to me there was a chance that as, as training camp wore on, the Daenerys Prince, maybe, maybe I think we talked about this yesterday uh, in the zone um, before it became about the third quarterback. I I think uh, we talked about it there that that you know Prince got a lot of work. This is a, a tough transition for a rookie as it is. They they don't have very many uh, healthy running backs in training camp with with Pacheco still in the the yellow jersey and all of that. Maybe it was just a lot of work for Daenerys Prince. They wanted to back him off a little bit as the rotations tra- change in training camp to give LeMichael Pirine more work. But then today, LeMichael Pirine gets work earlier in the game and performs better than Daenerys Prince did. So help, help me uh, slice through all of this. Where, where's your money now for what the Chiefs' running back depth chart is going to look like in Week 1? And whoever doesn't make the cut, 
Are you thinking it's a lock for a practice squad position, or are they in, in danger of losing one of these guys? I mean, honestly, I don't think they're in danger of losing either one of the guys. Um, maybe P. Ryan could be lost because he, he's a veteran. He's been around. So if a team's looking for a veteran running back, you know, they need some depth, maybe they will. They'll go that direction. But honestly, I mean, you know, with the running back position being devalued the way that it is, I mean, running backs are kind of dime a dozen, so it's not like anybody's out there clamoring for anybody else's backup running back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, I mean, you even we're talking about Clyde. We're not talking about Clyde having much of a trade market, right. and and Clyde is a much more accomplished back than either one of these two guys. Hmm. So, you know, to me, I, I mean, I, I I think it'd be pretty easy to get them both onto the practice squad. But if you're the Chiefs and you're going to keep a third running back, especially with uh, you know Pacheco's injury status right now and having not taken the yellow jersey off and taken any contact yet i mean i think p ryan has made the better case uh, maybe it is a case like like andy reed said that it's just a matter of prince losing his legs a little bit because he has been good in camp i mean especially in the passing game he has had very good hands he's demonstrated some abilities that nobody thought he had but there were i i had some concerns about him about what i wanted to see in the preseason games and, you know, one of them was an ability to run the ball inside. One of them was, you know, his contact balance. And, and the other one was that, hey, can you take that kick return job and grab a hold of it by the horns and hold on to it? And, and I think he missed the mark on all three. I mean, I mm-hmm. don't know that we've really seen it. And like I said, if it is a, a legs issue, if it is, a, you know, just being tired, worn down from camp and maybe overused, well, that's probably another argument that practice squad's best for him, you know, to build up the stamina, build up the strength, you know, and develop him. I mean, there certainly seems like there's something there with Prince, but is he on the level of the other guys? Not sure about that yet. And, and as Andy noted, you know, Michael P. Ryan just seems to do everything well. You know, he maybe has a little bit of that Daryl Williams in him, you know, that, hmm. that dirty Daryl kind of thing. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have a dirty, dirty LaMichael. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll find out his nickname, but. Uh, he's been really impressive. I mean, average almost seven yards a carry tonight. Um, he's, had, he's had some explosiveness, and so I, I, I think there's a little bit more there, especially you know for a, you know a Super Bowl caliber team. I think you favor the experience and the, the versatility. Last thing, since both of these guys have come up here, I don't know that you're going to have much of an answer anyway, but um, with Kadarius Tony and Isaiah Pacheco, is the feeling still that they'll be around and, and healthy and ready to contribute in week one? Because we're, we're talking about Chris Jones, you know, when, when he ends up being back, what his ramp-up period is going to be. Isaiah Pacheco hasn't gotten hit since the Super Bowl, and uh, Kadarius Tony, I, I don't think we've seen him put on a cleat since the first day of training camp. Yeah, we we haven't seen Tony at all. I mean, he is truly, clearly at this point just in rehab. So that's that's 100% what he's focused on. And I, I, we'll see. I mean, if he's able to get back onto the field, remember, this week is really the last three practices for all intents and purposes of training camp for the Chiefs because they'll, they'll have three practices this week. They've got the preseason game. And then after that, they really start their dead period before, you know, their, their game week. I mean, their game week essentially starts on Friday, you know, so of next week. So you're really talking about not that much time. I, I, you're hoping I would believe that this week is the week that Pacheco takes off the old jersey and gets some contact and um, maybe plays in the preseason game. I don't think that's a prerequisite for him to play in week one. 
But, you know, I think it would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Tony, I, it's going to be touch and go. I mean, but I, I think you should probably lean on what Mike Borgonzi said this week when he said they really want him to be 100% before they get him out there. There is really, to me, no upside to rushing Kadarius Tony before he's 100%. I think you want him to be as healthy as he can before you get him on the field. He's had surgery. So, I mean, to me... That is definitely, you know, a red light situation. I think you just you be as cautious as you can with it. I don't think there's a reason to rush him. I mean, I, I think that from what we've seen from the first team offense or from this receiver group, I don't think that it's a must have situation for Gadarius Tony. I think you'd much rather have him in, in January and February than on September seventh. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just take it easy with him, but I, it certainly seems like this point that all all systems are going to be go for Isaiah Pacheco if, if everything goes well. Okay, actual last thing, Chris Jones vibe check. I have no idea at this point. <laughs> I have I have literally gone from every day expecting today to be the day that, that Chris Jones shows up to I'm expecting he's not going to show up until I see otherwise. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it would make sense for for Chris Jones to show up on Monday for work. But then again, I don't know. I mean, if you didn't want to go to St. Joe and practice in St. Joe and training camp at 9.15 in the morning, he's sure not going to want to practice in Kansas City next week at one twenty in the afternoon. Hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens, I guess. I, what, I ha- what I hope happens is that when you're out there at uh, whatever time in the middle of this week, this week, that you have, have uh, gotten away from Sean Payton's rules about bucket hats and that you are uh, prepared for what I imagine will be a real barn burner. As in, like, it'll be so hot that barns might just spontaneously combust. Matt, I appreciate it. Uh, don't forget the uh, sunscreen next week. And we'll talk to you on uh, on Friday in the zone. And uh, this time I'll bring in my, uh, my official's uh, outfit just so I can referee any potential bouts. That sounds like a great idea. And, hey, after the zone's over during the week, if you can come over to the practice field and bring me, like, a gallon of water, that'd be great. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll hit you with a little salvy splash and maybe get you some, some of my uh, secret stash of sugar-free Gatorade. I'll, I'll work on a plan for you. I love you, Josh. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate it, Matt. Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. You can follow him on Twitter or whatever it's called now, at Matt Derrick. Uh, and, again, check out the rosterology that was before this game. And now maybe you can look at that running back depth chart and see if things might change with that performance from LaMichael P. Ryan. We'll take a break and come back and hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for ourselves here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show presented by Central Bank of the Midwest, Greenlight Dispensary, Slegel Fence, Twin Peaks, and some more of our friends they'll tell you about next. Michelle going to scramble to his left. The field's wide open. He's going to take off and run. First down and more. Cuts it in. Touchdown, Chiefs. Shane Michelle, the 15-yard scramble for the touchdown. Some fun moments tonight from all four quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes to Shane Bouchelle to Blaine Gabbert to Chris Oladokun. All four quarterbacks with uh, QB ratings over 100. The entire stat line for the quarterback group today was truly hilarious. 31 of 38 for 393 yards. That's a little over 10 yards per attempt. Three tutties, no picks, no sacks for any of the four quarterbacks. And, man, from the uh, Oladokun uh, little scramble sort of dangerous pass that he did, it was it, it is so funny 
to watch how quarterbacks who are just in Patrick Mahomes' shadow all day begin to do and think and play things a little more like Mahomes does. I legitimately, I think it rules. I think it's going to end up being a a legitimate like Steph Curry effect for the next 10 years of quarterbacking where you're just going to see more quarterbacks uh, having a little more fun with some of the uh, needle threading that they have to do on a regular basis, being a little more creative that way. I think that's really exciting. And uh, I think it'll be a fun way to see the NFL continue to evolve. But hey, Chiefs fans, good news. Your quarterback is the guy who invented this style of football, by and large. So uh, invented is obviously a very strong word. But in the modern era, doing it like Patrick Mahomes, Steph Curry didn't invent the three-point shot, but Steph Curry changed the game. Mahomes didn't invent creative, improvisational football, along with everything else that the quarterback position maintains. But, man, he has damn near perfected it, and that is an absolute blast. Uh, If we're good over there, folks, we're going to go. Shout-out to Dylan Michaels and Covell Hudson as well. Producing the effort today, I'm Joshua Briscoe here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. As I mentioned earlier, it's brought to you by Twin Peaks, Slagle Fence, Greenlight Dispensary, and Central Bank of the Midwest. And now we will be getting ready to hear from Andy Reid and his post-game press conference is brought to you by Champion Home Comfort. I was it, I was either going to throw yet, it away not yet, or kind not of- yet. That's Patrick Mahomes. We're not ready for you yet, Patrick. How dare you? How dare you interrupt? You can interrupt me whenever you want. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for lashing out even at a recording, Patrick Mahomes. I didn't mean it. Uh, Andy Reid's press conference is brought to you by Champion Home Comfort. Get peak performance in your home by finding a local champion dealer at championhomecomfort.com. And don't forget to ask about their free 10-year parts and labor warranty. Always leading, never compromising, championhomecomfort.com. How are we feeling about hearing from Andy Reid over there? Not yet? Just yet? Not quite? We'll do that in just a minute. It'll be interesting to hear uh, why and how they ended up in that order of quarterbacks. Uh, like uh, like Matt Derrick said, it sounds like apparently Blaine Gabbert wasn't even expected to play. Just a real vibes-based, fun, chill rotation of quarterback play. That's neat. That, that's a cool way to live your life through a preseason game. Maybe Blaine Gabbert got bored and thought, you know what, I'd like to go out there and, and get a few reps in, and uh, he was able to do that. So we'll hear that from Andy Reid. But first, we'll start with his opening statement, and maybe the best news of the night, no injuries to report for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Um, really, not really injuries to talk about. Um, everybody came through it pretty good. Uh, listen, it was, it was a good effort all the way around. Off it, uh, defensively, I thought we started fast, which we needed to do. And uh, offensively, had a few hiccups there early, penalties and, and that. So we had to take care of business with that. But I thought all in all, all the groups came out and, and played good football, uh, respectable football. So, And that's what you're trying to get done uh, in the second game. What did Frank Clark say last year? Just some good, sound, fundamental Christian-like game or whatever. And he read some good, respectable football. That's what you want to see in the preseason, some respectable football. And again, importantly, no injuries. Even as you've seen um, guys like Nase Johnson obviously go down during uh, training camp, Nick Jones with the broken fingers, right? Still waiting to hear exactly what that will will shake out into. But uh, even if it's not guys you've heard of, certainly no starters going down is obviously a great thing. But to, to not see your depth get picked away at is excellent for a team that has as much talent as the Chiefs do right now. And as we've even talked about, guys like Amir Smith-Marset, it's like the eighth wide receiver on this depth chart right now. He might be wide receiver four or five on another team after he gets let go. I think Eric Bieniemy uh, would love 
to have him in Washington. The Bears or uh, Colts or some of the other sort of Andy Reid disciples around the league, I I think are going to be picking over the guys who the Chiefs let go here, especially as a guy like Biennemi is kind of working on that culture there. I I don't know how much Amir Smith-Marset is going to be able to help fill that out, but it makes a lot of sense for him to catch on elsewhere. Next year from Andy Reid, uh, we'll, we'll hear him talk about how uh, Patrick Mahomes and the offensive line put together that drive that, that really felt like the offense was, was really gelling in a sustained unit. Um, yeah, I, he, uh, he actually said that. So he, he, uh, he's, he's glad he got in there and got some work done and um, was able to get, get the offense in the end zone there. So uh, that's, all, that's a positive. Uh, you know, and the, I thought the offensive line did a nice job for him. The receivers, we had a lot of guys catch the ball, which is positive. Uh, I thought all the offensive lines held their own. And, um, you know, it's a, they're, they're a brand new group here. And um, he's trying to establish himself and doing a nice job with that. So, he, you know, that, that he can use this game to, to benefit him, you know. 17 pass catchers for the Chiefs in the game overall today, and specifically just in those drives with Mahomes, he moved the ball around and spread it around plenty. Uh, The guy who led the team in receiving today was rookie wide receiver Rasheed Rice. Eight receptions, 96 yards for the rookie today, and he had a drop early on that felt like it might have become a problem sooner rather than later. But overall, a big day for Rasheed Rice. Andy Reid asked if they were featuring him tonight. Well, not necessarily. We, you know, his number just got dialed up, and uh, uh, but he's he's a good football player, and really, you know, uh, has had a nice camp for us. And then he returned punts too, and he, he gives you a lot of, of flexibility there. Yep. And as we talked about, you know, you see some good stuff there from Rasheed Rice, but overall, the ones are out there trying to knock off the rust. The rest of this team. The rest of these players trying to, to lock down some roster spots. Here's Andy Reid talking about how those two units operated tonight. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, part of the knocking the rust off for the ones, I think, is important. A little communication uh, continuity there, I guess, uh, would be the word that you say, just bringing things together and working off of each other. Um, so I, I take that for the ones. And then the rest of the guys are trying to make the team. And uh, you're trying to show and where they where they can fit. And uh, our message from the beginning is just make it hard for Veach and myself uh, to make those decisions. And and uh, you know they're they're they did that tonight. So that's that's a positive. And there are several of those guys again. I mean, like the the Amir Smith Marset category might be the obvious one of make it hard for Veach to cut you, and then make it hard for another team not to scoop you right back up. And the, and there there are going to be a lot of Chiefs who I think find new homes after this uh, preseason wraps up. One big cut down as well this year, um, going all the way from this full 90-man roster. And actually, with uh, Godric, the Chiefs have 91 on the active roster because he's a part of the International Players Program. All of that to say, you cut down from 90 or 91 all the way down to year 53, all in one foul swoop. And then you try to get your, your week one roster set after that. It's going to be an interesting cut down day when that arrives for the Chiefs. Okay, Andy Reid, please. What happened with the quarterbacks? Shane Bouchelle shows up. He's your second guy out. That makes sense. But Blaine Gabbert takes over after the half. What's the story there, Andy Reid? Yeah, well, this was a game that, you know, that Blaine wasn't scheduled to play. So normally the third guy goes and then, you know, but listen. Both of them played great, and uh, you know that's a that's a good thing. I thought both of them really really played good football. 
everybody played good football. Do you change your your plan on the fly a little bit? That is kind of wild. Like if if there would have been an injury or something, I, I understand. But you're telling Blank Gabbert, hey, you're you're probably not going to play today. And then at halftime, was it just hey, you know, Pat did his thing, Shane did his thing, Chris, you're going to play a lot here anyway. Blaine, you want to go throw around an oblong ball for a little bit and have a perfect or near perfect passer rating? Yeah, sure. Why not? Might not bode well for the Cardinals' defense, but it was a lot of fun for us. Uh, also, an incredibly fun, ridiculous play. Patrick Mahomes sprinting out to the right, running out of real estate. So what does he do? I thought for a moment he ran out of bounds with the football, which is a very kind of poor football IQ play, which is not something Patrick Mahomes does pretty much ever. So I should have known better because he sprinted to the sideline, leapt into midair just before running out of bounds, and then flung the ball downfield. Uh, here's Andy Reid being asked about that play from number 15. Hey, uh, yeah, Matt Nagy was yelling at him to get up. <laughs> Don't take a hit. <laughs> but he's, yeah. Do you think Patrick ever got a hit? He's kind of wanted to get no, he doesn't. He doesn't need to get hit. That's a good thing. Does <laughs> <laughs> that correlate to respectful play this week? Ah, we'll see. We'll see how that way goes. I normally don't, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, there's some good stuff in there from Andy Reid and a little back and forth with Vahe Gregorian of the Kansas City Star trying to get to the bottom of it. Tried to get Andy Reid to give you just a little more info about next week. Uh, we'll see. We'll see, Vahe. We'll we'll see how the week goes. I usually, you know, I usually don't do that. Uh, we usually don't, but maybe I'll, maybe I'm gonna switch it up. Maybe I'm gonna see Patrick Mahomes dice up the Browns third team. Maybe we're gonna let Shane start, Bouchelle go second, and then Mahomes comes out with the threes. How about that? We'll see how it goes. Probably won't play next week, but that whole sequence is kind of funny. One because also something that dawned on me just now is if you're a defender. And Mahomes does that. There's nothing you can do. Literally, there's nothing you can do. You have the face of the NFL sprinting to the sidelines, sprinting to the sidelines, going into midair. If you put your hand on him, he is going to go horizontal just for momentum, and you are going to get a 15-yard penalty for shoving the face of the NFL out of bounds late. I would I would have some empathy for a defender who would say, well, he was still in the field of play. Maybe that's the way that, like we were talking about earlier with one of the callers, like maybe that's the NFL adjusting a little bit if he just starts abusing this power, which I don't think he'll do, but man, it rules. If you literally just can't put your hands on him because he's technically out of bounds physically, but he is still alive in the field of play, how do you... You can't put your hand in his face. You there, you you can't touch him. You can't late hit. The quarterback of the Chiefs is like finding new, different, bizarre little ways to change the game. That's like I do. I genuinely think we will see him throw a behind the back pass this year. I think that's going to happen in a live football game. I actually believe that now. Last year I was like maybe someday. This year I saw the clips and I was like, maybe this day, <laughs> maybe tomorrow, maybe against the Lions, maybe in the AFC Championship game. But that's just so fun. I, I love that the Chiefs have an inventive, improvisational quarterback who also does all the uh, regular quarterback stuff better than anybody else. Man, it's fun.
Uh, let's uh, hear from Andy Reid again here as well. Uh, maybe talking a little bit about comebacks, getting early leads, and the difference between these last couple of games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to come back. Just don't, you know, let's try not to do it to start, right? But if you do, then you got to come back. But let's try to eliminate the first part of the equation. And so today the Chiefs didn't get behind the uh, the sticks, so to speak, uh, against the Cardinals. It, it was pretty clear that the Chiefs are the better team at all phases of the game, but they were able to uh, get that that lead and keep it all the way to the end, the 38-10 to 10 final score. Last one here from Andy Reid, talking about Richie James and his comfort level in the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. listen, he knows the offense. Um, he's been in it for a year now, and he's got a ton of snaps during training camp, and he got enough. He got enough here, so... Um, yeah, both. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Experience. The Richie James experience is going to be a big part of this offense as they figure out what we were just talking about with Matt Derrick. Uh, the uh, the path for these wide receivers, how exactly are they going to fit in? How are they going to come together? Who's going to rise to the top? Is their number one receiver in the group? I'm not sure, but everybody is going to have a chance to play a role. Everyone on the active roster, I think, will spend active days in the I say that because you know you're going to have healthy scratches especially early on you're probably not going to have seven game day active wide receivers every week maybe it's Kadarius Tony in week one maybe it's Justin Ross in week two maybe it's Richard James at some point because you you don't really need all seven active but you have seven guys who've all deserved a roster spot that you're not going to make sneak their way to the practice squad. So it, it puts you in a really interesting position that will uh, be a lot of fun to track over the uh, the next couple of weeks as the cutdowns approach. But now we'll get to hear for the first time this preseason from a post-game Patrick Mahomes. His press conference is brought to you by J. Wolf Acura Dealers. Acura brings you a new action-packed summer of performance feature, the Acura Summer of Performance event going on now. Visit J. Wolf Acura and J. Wolf Acura of Overland Park or shop online at go.jwolfacura.com. We'll start with the top here from Mahomes talking about that jump pass and uh, what Matt Nagy was concerned about as he was on his way out of bounds. I was I was either going to throw it away or kind of give a receiver a chance, and I, I try to give Marquez just a little bit of a chance. Um, I don't know if he knew I was going to still throw it because I was so close to the sideline, but uh, I mean it's good work uh, just being able to scramble around and, and work that scramble drill. I thought we did a good job of that on, on a couple occasions today. So uh, I mean, like you, you get in the preseason game to get good work in. I thought we did a good job today. Yeah, he, yeah. He told me after the fact that I should have just ran out of bounds, but I was like, I wasn't gonna get hit. So I mean, as long as I'm not taking any hits, I mean, I can I can try some stuff out. And like you see, like you see the other quarterbacks tried some stuff out too. And so I uh, thought everybody did a good job today, and we had definitely a better urgency uh, out there. Keep the energy level up. Try some things. Don't get hit. Like you said, it's good work. I mean, try something a little different in a live game that's hard to replicate otherwise. And yeah, it's kind of fun. No no harm, no foul there. Uh, but he talked about getting hit in the preseason. He talked about that a few times over. Here it is again now saying, all right, Patrick, what, what, you don't want to get hit there going out of bounds, certainly. But what's your level of getting that hit out of the way in the preseason to make sure you're ready for week one? No, I, I, I told – I went to the O-line and I said, man, I play in the preseason and get hit one time. And I literally didn't get touched in two games. So, uh, yeah, they, they did a great job. It's a good, good problem to have. Um, but, uh, I mean, there was times where I sat in the pocket for a while and it was like – there's, I mean, they were keeping everybody away from me, and when I scrambled, it seemed like I scrambled uh, just to try to make a play. It went like I had to. 
I mean, I, I, I am perfectly happy for Mahomes to be just downright furious with how little he's getting hit this year. If, if that's a, a, a sore spot for the Chiefs between Mahomes and the offensive line, I'm happy with that. Uh, it was a big game for Rasheed Rice. Again, he led the team in receiving tonight. And think that this is uh, Mahomes talking a little bit about what the Chiefs rookie wide receiver put on film. Yeah, he has a, he has a good feel. I mean, uh, we, we, we keep pushing him to be, be better and better. Um, but, I mean, you can see the talent. I mean, he uh, makes a lot of tough catches. Um, he had to drop early, and then he, he responded well. Um, and I think that's just comes with the, the jitters of being in your first few NFL games. But uh, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of trust in him. He's going to make those uh, catches in tough spaces. Um, and it's just another playmaker that we have on this offense. Yeah, he runs physical. Uh, I think I say he has a lot of like kind of what Sammy had uh, when he, when he first got here, um, being able to catch the ball, run physical, still have speed, um, and everything like that. Um, but uh, he's a, he's a, going to be a great player for us, and we're going to keep trying to push him to be even better. And the same with uh, some of those other younger guys that we have. It's really funny, and we don't have to replay the audio. It's a long enough clip, but we we got more stuff to play. But a little a little peek behind the curtain. So Covell's cutting these clips over the course of the show as he's going right, and then he's writing down. This is this is like the best behind the behind the music behind the post game show I think we've ever given away. So Covell's cutting the audio as we go, and so he's got to kind of write down a number of these clips. So so Dylan and I are on the same page, and so I got to know which questions which because I can't hear him live because I'm talking. So Covell's cutting. We have this whole system, and a pretty good system, I think, fellas. I don't want to speak too too certainly, but I think we got a nice little well-oiled machine coming together here in week two of the preseason. But Covell's throw for that one was Rasheed Rice or Justin Ross, but probably Rasheed Rice, which I, was, I just went with Rasheed Rice because he was the leading receiver in this game, and I was like, well, I mean, and it should probably, but it's very, very hard to hear the questions in these clips, especially visiting locker rooms and preseason games and all that. So that's it. Probably was Rasheed Rice, and I bet Covell's got the right ear for it. Let now let's go ahead and play the clip again because it is funny. I think this was a question about Rasheed Rice, but if if Mahomes's answer was beat for beat about Justin Ross, you would not know. The this answer could perfectly apply to both of them. I think he was asked about Rasheed Rice, but hear this clip again and try to figure out. Play along at home. Is Patrick Mahomes talking about Rasheed Rice or Justin Ross here? Yeah, he has, a, he has a good feel. I mean, uh, we, we, we keep pushing him to be, be better and better. Um, but, I mean, you can see the talent. I mean, he uh, makes a lot of tough catches. This is true for both um, of them. He had to drop early, and then they he, both he had responded drops. well. They both responded well. Um, and I think that's just comes with the, the jitters of being in your first few NFL games. They're both but, in their uh, first I have, of, I have a lot of trust in him. He's going to make those uh, catches in tough spaces. That happens. Um, it's just another playmaker that we have on this offense. There's a lot of them. Yeah, he oh, runs physical. Uh, can't I think I say he has a lot of like kind of what Sammy had uh, when he, when he first got here. Um, being able to catch the ball, run physical, still right. have speed, um, oh. and everything like that. Um, but uh, he's a, he's going to be a great player for us, and we're going to keep trying to push him to be even better. And the same with uh, some of those other younger guys that we have. What do you think, Dylan? Well, I think that if we're going to put on our detective hats here, that the answer might lie in whatever question was asked in between. Do you want to try to amplify that to maximum? Okay, let's fine. Let, let's go ahead and do it. We've got like eight minutes of show left before we, we have to have to have to be done by midnight. I think we're going to get to the bottom of this. Now, the question before, if we have that raw file, somewhere, I'm sure we could amplify that and, and get, and sorry for the bad noises that are going to come when we amplify this more than any human ear is supposed to actually be witness to. This might sound questionable to the human ear. I'm afraid that the question asker, might it sound like it might have been McDowell? I'm afraid the question asker here just said he. 
So that's that's my that's my concern. But maybe the context clues gets us there. The reason I think it's so funny is because it's usually not that blatant. It's a fine re- no no evidence from the I question. Mean, I, I have launched this thing into space as far as amplitude <laughs> goes, and I cannot even hear the question. Still, it's all just whirring equipment noises. The the mystery can 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 be lost to time. Uh, or if you want to try to find the original question and amplify that to bleep, but I don't, we don't need to. The, the reason that I wanted to shine a spotlight on it is because, one, it's just funny. But two, the answers are all just generic enough. They're just generic enough. And this is Patrick Mahomes being being elite at press conferences also. You can say nice things and vaguely, you know, some things to work on and everything. Compare him to Sammy Watkins and keep it moving. You can just chug through that in a presser, give a great quote, and then after the fact, it's not even clear who you were talking about. That's just, it makes me laugh. We'll uh, we'll hear some other things from Patrick Mahomes, and and instead of solving <laughs> instead of solving that mystery, uh, here he talks about the touchdown drive, the first that the Chiefs starters got in the preseason. One hundred percent. I knew I, I was telling the guys, like, if we want to keep playing. We better if we don't want to keep playing, we better score because Coach Reed's going to keep us in this game until we score. And so uh, we kind of did some. We had some some mistakes early in the game. I mean, obviously the penalty on the the OPI, which. It kind of goes here and there, but um, the penalty on the OPI and then uh, the holding penalty to kind of get us out of rhythm. Um, and it's some little stuff here and there that we have to correct. Um, but I thought the guys did a good job of playing hard, playing fast. Um, and uh, we'll continue to get better and better and try to build um, into this regular season game. And hey, with that conversation about Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross having some similar preseasons uh, and some, some similar ups and downs, here Mahomes talks about the the point of all of that, which isn't, the press conference cliches, it's the competition and the talent in the Chiefs wide receiving room. Yeah, I mean, I, I was telling you all back in OTAs, I could see the talent, I mean, one through nine, ten. I mean, like, we had we had guys throughout the entire roster that were making plays, and you saw guys that kind of went down with injuries that didn't get to play this week, that made plays last week, and you saw other guys just step right in and make plays. Um, and so um, I think that, that shows that we have a lot of depth in that receiving room. Um, it's Like I said, it's a good problem to have. Because um, the numbers, you got to find that right group to get on the roster. Um, but uh, I mean, I have confidence in all those guys, and we're rotating them in and giving them chances, and they're they're stepping up whenever the whenever the moment's the brightest. Speaking of stepping up when the moment's the brightest, big game, Shane Shane Bouchelle's touchdown run uh, was was certainly a topic of conversation for Mahomes and the quarterbacks, and all the quarterbacks really put on a good show today. Yeah, I mean, I, I told him he had, he had he was a little bit stronger will than I did. I don't know if I'm cutting back with that safety running in like that, but. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, he's, a, he's a playmaker, man. Uh, I think you saw that last week. You saw it this week. Um, he's made a lot of plays happen. He's been in the system. He's really comfortable with it. Um, and him, I thought Blaine played really good as well. Um, two touchdown drives. And then uh, Chris played really good at the end of the game. And so um, we take pride in that quarterback room of being able to step in and making plays happen. Um, and I was proud of those guys. I mean, I said I probably played the worst at all, everybody in that played today. So uh, that's a good good problem to have. I don't – I'm going to say something bold. I don't think Patrick Mahomes played the worst of everyone today. But, hey, I'm cool with it. In this very specific instance, I'm cool with it. When everybody's uh, quarterback rating has three digits before the decimal point, it's a fun day. It's also a fun day when Justin Ross has another moment and has a couple of near moments as well. Uh, Mahomes here talks about Justin Ross's third down play and his performance. Yeah, no, it was a good play. Um, we we kind of we wanted to get him singled up. 
and kind of see what he can do. I mean, he's been making making those happen all training camp. I think y'all have seen that. Um, and so we kind of had like a slant and return uh, play call. Um, and it's a lot of trust in him that he's going to win. And he ran a great route, lost the, lost the DB, caught the ball, got upfield after the catch. And so um, he's got a lot of talent. And we, we've said it. And we're going to keep throwing him out there and giving him chances. And he's, he's stepped up whenever his number's been called. And um, he's a different different receiver than I think anyone else. Um, and the fact that how big he is and fluid he is and how he can catch the football. I think that further makes the previous question more likely to be about Rasheed Rice. So now I think we can say Patrick Mahomes compared Rasheed Rice to Sammy Watkins, which is, you know, interesting, an interesting data point. Uh, And also that we can continue to keep this Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross hype train going at 100 million miles an hour. Because, man, if either of those guys hit, it's going to be fun. Uh, Better urgency around this time, says Patrick Mahomes, in terms of that first-team offense getting out and bringing the energy. They had some penalties. They had some uh, false starts, not literally, but in the sort of metaphorical non-football sense. But uh, Mahomes did say things felt better as they came out of the gate today. Coach Reed said one thing, and I think everybody knew that we needed to have better urgency. And, I mean, he just came in, and he he basically said that. He he said that the ones didn't play well um, last week. Um, And I thought the other guys, young guys, played well. Um, and so the guys took it as a challenge that we need to go out there and play a better football game from the get-go. And obviously the penalties hurt it on the offense. Defense played good, though, kept us um, with some uh, better field positions. And then we, we were able to get that touchdown drive. And then from there we kind of kept it, kept it rolling. So uh, just having that urgency, I mean, it, we, we know it's the, it's the preseason. The games don't necessarily count, but you want to have that momentum going into the regular season. And I think uh, Coach Reed was pretty adamant about that, and I thought the guys responded well. There's something to that. If if the Chiefs would have played terribly all preseason and then come out in week one, I think they still very well would have, you know, scored their first drive against the Lions. But ultimately, it would be nice to have things humming along. Last thing here from Mahomes asked if he reminisces at all playing at the same stadium from the Super Bowl and apparently scoring 38 points both times the Chiefs. That's a good nugget. But what was it like returning to the uh, the field that last time they won a, another Lombardi trophy on? Uh, not, not really. I mean, um, we, I mean, you, we've played here a lot these last few years, um, so you think about that stuff, obviously. But we're, I mean, we're trying to get better and trying to work on stuff. Um, it's all completely different atmosphere than the the Super Bowl, obviously. But I mean, the only thing that was different, I mean, I think we scored 38 points, which is exactly the same we scored in the Super Bowl. So uh, someone said something to me about that at the very end of the game. But other than that, I just came to play another football game and let's keep it moving. I can't believe the the point total thing. That's bizarre. And yeah, a little bit different. But the Chiefs do get another win on the field in Arizona. No injuries. Maybe the biggest win on the field in Arizona. And the preseason has leg two of three wrapped up here in the 2023 preseason. Thanks again to our friends at the Central Bank of the Midwest, Greenlight Dispensary, Slagle Fence, Twin Peaks, Champion Home Comfort, Westlake Hardware, Andy's Frozen Custard, and Jay Wolf Accurate Dealers. Also a big shout out to Dylan Michaels and Covell Hudson on the production side of the show today. I am Joshua Briscoe. If you miss any of the show, we'll podcast the whole thing up on the 810WHB.com on on the website and in the 810WHB mobile app. You'll be able to find it in a number of places. I may even tweet it out as well. You can follow me on Twitter, whatever that site's called now, at JB Briscoe. We may have seen the last of the Chiefs start until it's time for week one when the Lions come to town. But one more preseason game remains as the Chiefs get ready for the 2023 season. Thanks for getting ready with us here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Until next time, bye, Mom!